Welcome to the Two Bros Podcast and for being part of our journey as we tackle the Christian walk from a follower's perspective and navigate through the challenges in life and the church culture and share our experiences through topics and even hard topics that most people shy away from. Welcome. I hope that with today's conversation, you would be challenged, encouraged, and blessed. Beside me, I have here my bro, Remus Bellu. How's it going, bro? Yo, bro. I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good, man. It's 2022 <laughs> finally, huh? 2022. Here we go. Are you ready for today's conversation, bro? Oh, absolutely. Always ready. Nice. Hey, bro, this uh, past week I came across two passages that I find confusing, especially for a new believer. Okay. It seems like they are sort of contradictory. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. How so? so? I'll tell you. First passage is located in the Gospel of Mark, uh, chapter 16, verse 18 to 20. Okay. It goes like this. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Now, the second passage is found in Matthew 7, 21, verses 21 to 23. It goes like this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Mm. Well, we know that there are many implications to interpret each passage. However, we can't deny that at first glance, they create more questions and confusion confusion to the listener rather than answers and certainty. It seems like the very signs that follow those who truly believe in one passage are the very signs that do not authenticate a believer in the other passage. Yeah. How can we explain that further to someone that has stub, uh, stumbled upon the same issue? Well, I mean, we also have to understand the context in both yeah. chapters, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, we see something like that, and then it, it asks, you ask the question, shoot, could I, could I be one of those people that faces God, and, and he's just like, I don't know you? Meanwhile, out here I am, like, doing God's work, trying to, you know help build the kingdom, help my brothers and sisters, and, and then find out that Jesus just never knew me. Yeah. It, I mean, it's a scary thought. It, it is. It is. Now, I was, I was discussing with my wife the fact that um, those people who are coming to the Lord on that day, okay, I felt that they are not lying. They are saying, well, in your name we prophesied, in your name we cast out demons, and, you know, and the Lord says, well, I never knew you. How is that possible? Because I feel that they are not lying to the Lord. But then my wife came with a different uh, approach. She said, uh, well, they could be pretty much lying for sure because, well, if you're discussing and you know that you're being judged, for sure you're going to appeal because you don't want to be condemned. 
right? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to face judgment. So you got to sort of speak your mind and, and sort of try to, you know, argue your way. So they, they could be lying too. So how how do you see it? Well, yeah, I mean, you're going to have, you know, the Lord warns us about false teachers and, you know, wolves in sheep's clothing. And I, I can totally see um, that happening to those kind of people, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that you always have to look at your heart. You have to examine your heart because if you're doing all these things and you're doing it for the wrong intentions yeah, and it, it is not, it is to, to be cool in a click or something, or it is, you know, you, you just know how to, how to pretend to be a Christian so that you get, you know, some kind of friendships and community out of that. But really you just, you don't know Christ. Yeah, you can easily go and say, hey, I prayed, I, I did these things with your people. I Sometimes you'll get new people coming in and, and they're thrown right into some serious stuff like, you know, this person is possessed by a demon, you know, and then this guy just became a believer and somehow because he knows the people it gets thrown into this situation and, you know, starts to think, oh, man, God used me in that way, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and so... Yeah, you know, I got it, and I'm down, and and then that person never progresses in their relationship with Christ. They just, you know, they did a couple actions, and I showed up at church, you know. Yeah. And uh, I should be good, right? Yeah. And I just, I feel like they they missed the point, and I I think that's what the verse is addressing. Verse. Yeah. But I wanted to say something on top of that, because I feel like sometimes people use this passage to promote works. Hey. Check yourself. If you're not doing these works, uh, you know, it's not a sign that you're a believer. Mm-hmm. Right? And then here's a passage in Matthew that says, well, it doesn't matter if you did these works. Yeah. Right? So it's, I want everybody to know, I mean, clearly what is evident is that it's not really about the works that saves you. Salvation doesn't come with works. I mean, mm-hmm. works we know is a translation of someone's changed heart. But, it's a consequence? Would you say it's a consequence? Yeah, I mean, it, look, you, you, you know Christ, your heart's changed. Everything you, you thought you knew was radically changed. You understand things differently. And, of course, naturally you will respond with a changed heart. If your heart hasn't changed, nothing was revealed to you, this is just kind of like, cool. And uh, and so you don't feel driven to to want to know what honors the Lord, uh, you know, what He has in store for you to seek him, you know, and to, and to just come to him with everything now going forward, seeing that in your life really indicates that you've had a changed heart because you're just so passionate for the Lord because he's so real to you, you know, Mm -hmm. that part in the passage that says doing the Lord's will. Well, we know that Christ fulfilled God's will. He did it 100%. Yeah. None of us are going to do it 100%. So we have to be careful, too, not to be like, oh, uh, as long as I do God's will 100%, I'm good, right? And and then you're either going to fool yourself into thinking you can do it or, two, you're going to realize you can't do it all. So so what is the passage really asking you? Mm -hmm. And the Father's will is for us to believe that Christ is his son, that he was sent from him, that he came, lived a perfect life, fulfilled everything on our behalf, died, and then rose. That's God's will for us, to believe that. Yeah. Amen, bro. And let let me let me ask you something. So, if uh, in one verse, one thing that the evidence is given 
for you to be a believer and then another verse it's not so what would you say because i feel that the apostles did all that and the early church believers they did all that they cast out demons yeah, they healed yeah. the sick they they did you know, help the yeah. poor they did super, uh, supernatural things right yeah um but when you look at the letters and you look at what john says and james and paul i feel that the true um thing that uh authenticates a believer it feels like it's the fruits of the spirit not really your works or what you do but what the Holy Spirit is producing in your life. And it feels like it's more like love, patience, self-control, those things, rather than, oh, man, I spoke in tongues today. You would not believe I I had an experience with the demon. I told the demon to get out and, you know, it happened. Right, right. You know, I feel that it's a warning for us not to be so attached to performing or doing that, but rather than to what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. What what do you think would be the bottom line for you say like, okay, this guy is a believer? Well, look, I mean, let me just throw this one out, okay? I've listened to a few different kind of podcasts, you know, because I just want to see what's out there. You know, I had my daughter one time came up and told me that, oh, uh, some of her friends are practicing, you know, like astral projection or phasing or, you know, this is something cool already in an elementary level, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I need to, I need to understand this better. I, you know, why, why people are drawn to this and so forth, because, you know, this falls in line with witchcraft. Yeah. And so I, I start listening to these podcasts and just kind of getting a, a perspective. Cause I like to kind of understand the side before I start to criticize it, you know, I know that it's wrong, but I would like to see what it is that people are drawn to mm-hmm. it by. And uh, I'll tell you one thing. A lot of these people, you know, whether they're witches or they are people that deal in the occult and things like that, they will talk that when they go into a house or a place that's haunted or there may be a supernatural being or, you know, a ghost, they call it, they will actually say that using Jesus' name will work. Oh, that's incredible. They they say that. Yeah. And and I was shocked. I was like, okay. So they have, you know, there's other tools that they use, but it, for some reason there's a common theme there where, where yeah. a lot of them will agree that, yeah, you can use the Lord's name, Jesus' name, and it will drive out the spirit. Yeah, that ha- that uh, I'm a witness that happens in my culture as well. When you um, are possessed by or being, you know, in some sort of tribulation by uh entities spiritual entities yeah. by a like heavier religious practice uh called uh candomblé which is a witchcraft in south america you uh, many people attend to another uh, a lesser uh sort of witchcrafty religion that uses jesus which is like a spiritism to sort of like get control of those entities and they name they use the name of jesus but that's unbelievable because unbelievers are doing that as well right well the thing is like remember the lord still blesses even those who are not his yeah so if someone's calling on his name to cast something out sure it it, it may actually work but we also know that it it doesn't work because when we read in scripture you know there were these uh i can't remember if they were pharisees or or something 
uh, in, we know Paul, it, but we don't know you. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I think it was in Acts there yeah. where, where yeah. they try to cast out a demon and exactly. the demon confronted them. Yeah. And Paul, we know, and, and, and the, you know, they don't know him, and then they jumped into that guy, yeah. or, or both of them. I can't remember if there was two or three. Um, so It feels like you fall into the will of the enemy to be deceived or not. Well, what would drive that person or those people to think that they could cast out a demon if that was going to happen? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because you either must have done it once or twice, right, yeah. to believe that you could do it. Exactly. And this is the part which I hope people can understand that not to be afraid of that passage where Jesus says, get away from me, I don't know you. Yeah. Because you got to remember that believers and unbelievers, people who think they're believers, we all have certain access to certain things. Um, and, and it's like, again, I can't 100% prove all these things, but just from what I'm hearing people talk about and you know why even bring jesus into the conversation if you know you're into the occult and dealing with ghosts and and dealing with entities and things like that you know they they have their own ideas they have their own understandings and but yet they use jesus in there you know i thought that was interesting i also remember hearing stories of people that supposedly got abducted by aliens and then just started saying in the name of jesus and then they they were left alone mm-hmm it's just weird when you when you read in scripture and you you sort of try you start trying to figure out you go like okay these people were they were in church they lived a life apparently of a christian they they did things that i haven't done yet in my spiritual walk with christ <laughs> to be honest with you they have done things that i was like if if somebody approaches me tomorrow and says hey man i did this i'm like whoa bro you're supreme. I would, yeah, I would. I would <laughs> consider them like way more like yeah, yeah, way more Christian than than I am. But then the answer that the Lord Jesus gives is like he, the way that he responds is like I have no association with you at all in anything, and that is like what shocks people when you're reading the verse. It's like what? So we gotta understand none of that is coming from God. Yeah. None of that is the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. It's not like Jesus said, well, I knew you at some point, but then you guys no, fell apart. It's yeah. like, I never knew you. you that never, ne knew. that yeah. never there, it's very, like, strong. It's you know, scary. It's like, it's yeah, scary, yeah. bro. I know, I know. And then you like, the next thing that you think about how those things could be, right? It, and it's what we, we just discussed right now. I think that the next question is, like, um, being self-deceived that much you know but then i look at what the bible talks about the enemies that he is a deceiver right and he's deceiving people bro yeah the enemy yeah. and we just gotta make sure that when we align our works with with that uh with what we're doing in church we, we just gotta make sure that what's we analyze what's the reason behind it how's our heart doing yeah i feel like that Right, I feel like that is that what I'm doing for the Lord. Is is it also something that the Holy Spirit is working in my life, producing fruits through through what I'm doing or how I'm doing? You know. Well, look, if 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 you do something, you know, is it automatic, or is there some feeling attached to it? Does it move you? There are people who are naturally doing good things. Mm -hmm. You know, people that will give to the poor and help feed someone, you know, 
do the things that we see in scripture and and they could sit there and deny god yeah this is what happens when we start comparing because you can get lost in comparisons because you know you always find something to maybe increase the doubt that you're having and remember the that's the enemy's number one goal all right if you're a christian if you're saved the enemy can't do nothing. Nothing. The best thing they can do is make you doubt so that you end up doing nothing. And become useless. And become a useless Christian who just went to the grave constantly conflicting with himself or herself. You know, I'm a Christian. I don't know. I need to do this, but I can't. And like, oh, Lord, am I a believer? Or am I not? And, you know, take the time. Assess your heart. Think of the times like don't always focus on one or two things that you struggle with because you tend to forget the 10 things you excel with. That's how we are. We like to focus on the one thing we struggle with and we forget all the other things that we do, all the other things that, you know, God has has moved in our hearts and has, you know, we've overcome through his power and grace. And if someone is struggling with lying, maybe you are someone who struggled with sexual morality, lying, cheating, you probably stole, you know, all these kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And now you don't struggle with any of those things, okay, except lying from time to time. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe because you have a fear of man. And let me just be just honest right now. There's a lot of Christians that, that struggle with the fear of man. Mm-hmm. A know, lot. Because, you know, oh, you can't say that. Or if you could do this, they're going to look at you differently. Some of the pastors we know, they do struggle with that. Yeah. And, and you know, I can understand because, you know, you're in a position where, you know, you don't want to give any grounds to the enemy to call you out or to make people doubt. But we shouldn't be afraid of that mm-hmm. because the Lord is the one behind us. And if he wants to bless us and, and, and work, sometimes doing something that you're not comfortable with doing or opening up about needs to be done so that those people who really need to hear that need to hear it. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, it's like, well, how can I follow a pastor if if in the past he struggled with, you know, lying or, or you know, sexual morality or maybe a pastor that had cheated once on his wife, mm-hmm. you know, and that fell apart and was divorced and then turned his, his heart around, went to the Lord, submitted, repented, and now is married and is not doing that anymore. Some people will still not trust that pastor yeah. because of you know oh well he he struggled with that whereas this pastor never did so yeah you know well i feel that in many for sure denominations that p- pastor would would not even be considered to be a pastor anymore that's for sure oh yeah yeah but yeah bro i un- i understand that well we, we also want to acknowledge that um for you know today's conversation we took the passage in mark and then the one in matthew and we know that as you said in the beginning, they need to be analyzed in um, their separate context. You know, context is king. We understand that even um, there's a bit of complication there because the the last section in the in Mark 16 is not found in the original manuscript, so it becomes a little bit harder for you to sort of interpret and and and, and something like that. But today's topic was based on uh, just you know, looking at those passages as if you were a new believer and never heard them explained to you before, you would see the contradiction. You would see, well, this is a little bit weird, right? And we don't understand. I I, I think even for advanced believers. Even for advanced believers, You know, seeing seeing 
the the part where Jesus says, "Get away from me! I don't even know you." Know you? Yeah. I think that scares all of us because it does. Yeah. Knowing the truth and knowing what's coming. Yeah. That's the last thing you want to hear. It is. Yeah. So. It is, bro. But remember, guys, it's in your heart. You know, when God has revealed Himself to you, and you've accepted Him, that's it. You're His. There's no no nothing chance. that can snatch you out of exactly. And He says that. So, take that. Be confident. Have faith that Jesus did die for you, and that Amen. you accept His sacrifice on your behalf, and you will. You will flourish, man. You you are saved, hundred percent. You know, don't let the enemy creep in and give you doubt because the the goal is just to keep you there so that you never end up doing anything. Amen, bro. Amen. Uh, thank you for listening. Oh yeah. We hope that you are encouraged and blessed by this conversation. Absolutely. And we see you on the next episode. All right. God bless. God bless, guys. You're listening to the Two Bros Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Two Bros Podcast Official and send us your comments, requests, and questions. To support this channel, email us at twobros at twobrospodcast.com and God bless.